0: Welcome to the talk show for talkers from IrishTalkers.com. Welcome to part three of the talk show for talkers on IrishTalkers.com. As always, we give you little reminders that uh, our website is IrishTalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com and you can always find us on Facebook because we're always there, even though we don't necessarily post an awful lot. We should post more maybe. I try to post every show, but uh, we sometimes fail. We're not perfect. But I want to hand you over now to somebody who is perfect. The persuasive, passionate and perfect Paul O'Mani. Paul, over to you.
1: Thank you, Moira, for that gross exaggeration of my perfections. However, let us l- let me start with a paying compliment to Craig Harrison, who's over there in, in uh, Silicon Valley and has been in Toastmasters for twenty six years. And I'm not really congratulating him for his longevity. I want to congratulate him for his levity. And the reason I want to bring this up on the show this week is because he has an article in the January magazine, and the subtitle for it is Friendliness and Fun, Friendliness and Fun Build a Quality Club Culture. And I, to myself, I, I, I've got a good sense as, as a sergeant at arms of what it's like to be friendly to people when they arrive, give them a warm handshake, look them in the eye, give them an agenda, give them and tell them how pleased I am on behalf of the club that they're coming to the meetings and even behaving like this to existing members. But I thought to myself, well, Paul, are you a fun sergeant at arms? Do, Do I in any way introduce an element of fun into the way in which I introduce people? So that, that was a question I had, and I thought, hmm, I wonder about that. And so when I started reading Craig Harrison, I was particularly interested in finding not so much friendliness, but finding out what would be in the article about fun. I also had in the back of my mind the quotation from Ralph C. Smedley, saying that people learn best in moments of enjoyment and uh, there's even in front of me it says how fun is your club so he may very well have asked that question how how much fun is there in your club but I cannot find the source of that uh, quotation so it's entirely possible that uh, in context of that quotation there might be some more guidance on how you can make a club be a fun experience. I've I've been to a few and on them all to be on being earnest and serious and focused and committed to making good quality speeches and good quality contributions uh, for impromptu speaking. But fun bothers me. Because i'm not a particularly fun person myself now i know that both you and ted moira and ted you have a good deal of experience of going to toastmasters clubs well in some cases around the world and i i wondered while i was reading uh, mr harrison craig harrison's article i found that there was a checklist on on club quality and that ch- the closest things i can come to fun are about warmly greasing guests and members in people being introduced to each other a pleasant and enjoyable atmosphere making sure that everything isn't very samey making sure there's diversity of topics a good range of of topics in the club and uh, you know being being generally nice to to each other and nice to uh, visitors especially but I cannot find in the 47 features of uh, in the checklist I cannot find any that are funny and um, they're all <laughs> presented in a very serious way. So I thought I would ask you guys who are so much more experienced than, than, than I am, whether you have heard of this role in Toastmasters called a, called a joke master. I have come. Now, ac- yes, let, I have come across this. Go, for listeners, I'll just fill in because Moira and Ted are probably going to be trying to remember you know, who was the last joke master they came across in, in Toastmasters. It is a role in many clubs around the world. I can't tell you exactly how many, but certainly more than two. And the, the joke master's job is to tell a joke. And it's to introduce an air of levity into the, the meeting at the beginning, to tell a funny story, maybe even... a a couple of short quips obviously in good taste obviously they're not they're not to be blue jokes if that's the, the right word for for jokes that are are inappropriate at toastmasters but i i have never been to a meeting where there's been a joke master and i have not seen anybody really start a toastmasters meeting in a way that had a lot of people laughing now uh, my memory may be poor but tell me now guys ted you've you've uh, occupied some very high roles in the organization um as a area and uh, uh what's it called not region division, district division level. level yeah, yeah? yeah so, division level
2: yeah i've heard you, more... i've heard of the role Paul, but I have never seen or heard a joke master at any Toastmasters club I ever went to.
0: Right. What
1: about you, Moira, just on that
0: point? Have, have you ever
1: seen a joke master in action?
0: I I certainly have heard of the role. I'm, I'm not sure. I was actually just trying to look up uh, the clubs I go to in London. Uh, I think they might have one, but I'm not sure. But certainly, I have heard of it, but not in in Ireland anywhere.
1: Well, it may be it may be countercultural in the sense that Irish people don't tell each other jokes. It's possible that Irish people are, Toastmasters are, very serious and straight laced people <laughs> who wouldn't know a joke <laughs> if it hit them in the
2: face. I think you have the wrong country, Paul. You have the wrong country. Because one of the things that that I was thinking about when you when you were speaking on this topic was that time our, our topics are discussed for for a lot of the time there's a lot of laughter.
1: Right. So that's that's definitely uh, oh well, that's a good thing, you see. I mean having a you can have a lot of laughter and fun in the club without a joke master. Yeah. I, yes, I I was I agree. I was yes. actually
0: going to, going to talk about a, a club meeting that we had just two days ago uh, where there was a lot of humour and very little of that humour was in the formal parts of the meeting, like the speeches, so there were laughter during the speeches. But, for example, <clears throat> during the reports, during the general evaluator's comments, there were there was lots of laughter. And I think that's somewhere you know we have a we have to balance the formal side of toastmasters with the enjoyment side of toastmasters and a lot of the enjoyment can come from keeping the formal side formal but interjecting it during times when it's it's possible like during giving the reports or giving evaluations or the the general evaluator this Tomorrow
2: isn't... I would agree with you during the report, particularly. And I know the the meeting you're referring to with the Lee Valley speakers last Tuesday evening. Correct. I also felt, along with the general evaluator, the grammarian. Yes. When she was giving her report, there was a lot of laughter.
0: Well, I she did it very well. She she <laughs> she made us actually do all the work by uh, saying the what she liked and then asking the audience. Who said that particular
2: thing? Which I thought yeah, was a, was very, a clever idea, very, very clever idea. Sometimes we say things and we don't realise we actually say them. <laughs> and when it was being read back to us, after he was laughing, I so yeah, was yeah, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So now, if you
1: <clears throat> if you put somebody on the spot and you say to them, "Who said this?" Yeah, that that isn't really all that funny for somebody who doesn't
0: know the answer. But but it did get a lot laugh. of that laugh.
2: Everybody knew who had given the answer because there was always somebody there. At least one person would, yeah. would have remembered who did say it. Yes, that's true. That's true.
1: Some clubs dress up for, to have meetings. They, they put on uh, colourful clothes and they dress up in characters. Some clubs do that, I believe.
0: Uh, indeed. But there, there are clubs who do have themes to their meetings and some of the members, not all obviously, but some members then do go beyond the call, if you like it, in matching the theme of the meeting, which I think is, is a,
2: a nice idea. Actually, Westcock Toastmasters on the 3rd of March are having a Burns night. It's on a Friday night. And people will come in in their kilts and their Scottish yeah. underwear. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. tell me,
1: Ted, is somebody bringing along a pet haggis?
2: Oh, <laughs> definitely! Yeah. That should be shared amongst the uh, the revelers. They're, yeah, there are
1: very few. There are very few wild haggises in West Cork. You know that. I do, but you
2: don't call them haggises. You call them haggai.
1: Ah, thank you, Ted. You've, you're a Latin scholar, I can see there now. That's very good. So, um, and is that where the where hagiography comes from?
2: I would imagine so. It's got something to do with the topography. It kind of fits in with some of your words today, conspicuous, perspicuous, levity and longevity. You I use think those very well.
0: I think, folks, we'd better bring this to a close before it descends further into the mire of topography and perspicuity. and per- yeah. So we'll uh, see you in the next part. And the next part, we will be talking a little bit about introverts. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every Friday afternoon at 4pm Dublin,